Hello everyone, my name is Baron Clywater, and I'm a reporter for the Forum, and this is Westminster Stories, a chance to sit down with members of the Westminster community and hear stories that are important to them. In this episode, I spoke with Stephen Hensky, a senior custom major in sociology and philosophy. We talk about traveling and some of the things he has learned from it, so let's just jump into it. Yeah, yeah, so uh, I, I've been lucky enough to do some traveling like pretty much every summer since I graduated high school. Uh, yeah, I've, I spent a few months in Europe uh, after my senior year of high school, uh, my gap year. And um, let's see, uh, and then I, I guess in terms of outside of Europe, uh, I started in Southeast Asia uh, with Thailand, Cambodia, and Laos. And then uh, I guess I returned back to that region and I was in India the summer after. Uh, I went, ended up going back to Thailand because uh, India, I was there for quite a while, got cholera, it was gnarly. And then um, this past summer, I was in I was in South America, in, in like the the cheaper countries that you don't need visas for. So that would be Colombia, Peru, and Ecuador. It usually takes me like a little bit longer, kind of like to get like really into a country. That's why I, that's why I like to be there for like three or four month blocks. But um, I think every summer, I guess, God, it's probably been it's been you know four or five years now since that summer in Europe. But I guess we'll fast forward a bit to the first summer in Southeast Asia. Um, yeah, so, you know, started in Bangkok, and, uh, yeah, Thailand is definitely a lot more Western, you know, so it's a lot different, and, you know, so we were, we were there in Thailand, it was all fun and games and everything, and as we started to head over to Nam, it was uh, just something sparked. We were we were up in the north, we were in a place, we were in a place, like, uh, there were rice fields, it was a place called Sapa, and everyone was doing, like, these homestays through all these companies and everything, and I was thinking, I was like, yeah, it's, it's a bit weird, you know, maybe this is just, like, the, the little, like, cut by the system, you know, like a little American in me, but everyone was doing homestays through companies, and I was like, ah, this seems kind of weird, like, I don't know why I'm, like, going through a company, you know, it's weird. So we kind of just showed up in this tiny little town, and it's probably gotten a lot bigger since I've been there in the past few years. But we showed up, and usually, when I, when I first get off the bus, like, the first person that chats with me, you know, they're usually trying to heckle you and sell you things, but it was, like, this little old woman, and uh, I was, of course, very skeptical, so I was like, please, like, give me some space, I'm just gonna walk to the hostel and get my bearings, and, uh, she kept following me. She was like, she spoke very limited English. She kept following. She, she like kept following me, and um, eventually I was like, okay, so yeah, uh, yeah. Can I come like hang out in your village? And like we like negotiated a thing. I think it was like seven bucks a day, and she would like feed me, feed me, and like just walk around in her village and everything. And I totally trusted her. So I just like gave her husband my backpack, all my stuff in it. He drove it off up into the hill tribe, and then yeah, we just like walked for like six, seven hours up into her village, and. Um, that was rad. So we were there for three days, and uh, I guess where the story really takes place. So I guess like a, a custom there is people drink happy water over dinner. So it's like this like rice vodka, and it's like it's gnarly, man. I mean, it's just nothing you've ever had. It's just it, so it comes out of a out of a trash can, right? And uh, oh, I think it's like oh god, forty forty thousand dong for like a liter. So that'd be like man, maybe like dollar, dollar twenty for a liter of this stuff. And people just you know you just drink it as if it was like taking sips of beer, but it's like fifty percent. And that's just with dinner, right? So we're doing that every night, having dinner, great food, and uh, great conversation. Because, you know, no one in the village, like, speaks. And, you know, because we were, like, one of the only American kids there. Like, a bunch of villagers came in, and there were, like, 20 of us. And, you know, literally, we were playing card games. And when I realized, I was just kind of, like, teaching people English numbers, even though I thought we were, like, playing cards or something. But anyways, so we run out of vodka. And, um, you know, the woman goes and, like, goes and tells her, like, seven-year-old kid to go go to the store and get vodka. Now, of course, we're like up in like the, like the tribe, you know? So it's like, well, it's like a 40 minute walk, you know, 20 minutes there, 20 minutes back to go get it. And of course, you know, I'm 
probably had a little too much product at this point. I'm like, no way. He's not going by himself. Like, I'll take him, you know? So me and this kid, we started walking on, like, the rice, on, like, the rice paths. And um, if you can kind of imagine, like, the terrace rice fields, there's, like, you know, there's, there's like, a diameter of, like, one to two feet on each rice field. So I, I've got this kid on my shoulders, and we're, like, running around going to, like, this store, you know? And it was wild. Uh, so, we, so we get there. It was wild. We get there and, you know, I, I buy it and everything and the kid's able to, like, figure out that I actually overpaid and we went back and figured it out. But on the way back, man, we passed this school and it was 11 at night on, like, a Sunday. We, and we passed this school and I had this kid on my shoulders. I was probably getting a little bit, like, parental on him. I was like, oh, like, this is my little kid, you know. And we, and we passed this school and it was, and it was really late and, um, and we were, like, peering into the school because this kid had never got to go to school. I, I don't know if he was just too young or if his parents just weren't in, like, couldn't afford it or something, but... He's on my shoulders and we're looking through the window and there's all these like adult farmers that are learning English. Okay. And then, you know, naturally like some of like other village kids are coming around and they're making a lot of noise. And the English teacher was like this young, this young Vietnamese lady. And of course she like looks through the window and like she sees me and I'm like, I've got like this huge bearded scraggly dude, but you know, it's just like a random American dude. And she's like, Oh my God, like I, you're like, you need to teach the class. And I was like, Oh geez, like why not? Right. (laughs) Yeah. I'm down for that. So I have this kid on my shoulders and we go in and I just like teach an English class for like an hour. And it turns out that like the kid's parents got worried that like he had gotten lost. Everyone came down. So then everyone from the house came down to the village and like next thing you know, there were like 60 people in the village schoolhouse. I'm just like wasted just teaching this English class. And it was just one of those things where I was like, oh my God, you know, like this is something new. Like they haven't been having English classes at like 11 at night on a Sunday for the past years, you know? And then we went back and we were talking. The lady I said was like Mama Pie. I guess that I was, I was mispronouncing it and I was actually, it was like Mama Poop, but that's not of course her name. So she would always laugh, but she was telling me that, I mean, she had like a goddamn satellite TV, you know? I mean, she's like a subsistence farmer. And in the past few years, um, she is like the breadwinner, right? So her husband, I mean, she just completely, her husband's making like, you know, he's just like basic farming and by just doing this. And she had like a little booklet of, yeah, so like her only advertising was kind of cool. So like, I guess marketing with us, you know, we have all these crazy advertising, but she would just have this little booklet and people would write like little stories like, oh, it was great times, great. It was really great spending time with Mama Pie. And, um, and yeah, she was able to show me that. And I was like, within the last three years, her, her quality of life had totally changed. You know, not, not to say that it had gotten better in any certain circumstance. I, I think that's definitely definitely like, you know, pretty racist and definitely rooted in like colonial aspects, but it's definitely changed, you know, like in terms of Western influence and globalization and that. And, uh, yeah, she had a satellite TV and like, it was just all this, it was very real, you know? And I think, and I think especially as the world gets more connected and as globalization, you know, and everything takes over experiences like that will definitely get harder, but it was definitely like a very genuine experience where we were both learning off each other. And it was a very much like of a place of mutual respect and, um, she was able to benefit it, and it was definitely one of the most meaningful experiences to me. Um, and it was just really cool to see how people there were just like, you know, really gripping on to, to learning the English language as a foundation of just like totally, you know, becoming more adaptive to, you know, the needs of the market, you know, and like that's the system we live in with capitalism and the market, but everyone was gripped on learning English and it was just a really magical thing to experience, you know, and as much as I probably wasn't a great teacher at that moment, but I was definitely there trying and it was just like, it blew me away. Cause I was like, what are these farmers doing at like 11 at night? I mean, it was just wild. Like, you know, cause they had all the lights on in the school and it was like, this is a, this is a big ordeal. So it was cool to be part of that. You know, that was, that was rad. Sure. So, uh, what do you think that you have gained from experiences like that and other experiences that you've had in your travels that you've been able to take back to your life here in the 
the U.S. Yeah, you know, I, and it's funny. Like I've I've been I've been thinking about that since you texted me to to, to come have the chat. And um, yeah, you know, so definitely pretty cliche and everything to you know say you know in terms of like the things you gain. You know, it's interesting because I really wish. I think the thing that I the, that I wish is that I could actually take take more back to my life here. You know, and I think that when I'm traveling and when I when I get over there. Part of me definitely changes, and I really wish I could totally have all that back when I'm here. Because it's easy to get caught up in all the things that happen here, you know. I mean, I get, you know, I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I get upset about, like, the, the, like the most, you know, most niggling things here. Whereas over there, I just definitely, since I am an outsider, I, I definitely go with the flow a lot more. And I, I really do miss that aspect about myself. But in terms of things I bring back... You know, I think everyone always talks about how things are so different, you know, and about how, like, you know, going to all these, like, quote, developing countries. And I think it's also interesting that, like, there's so many similarities and that just, in just you know, really observing how people live on a daily life. It's just, when you think, when you think back of it, you know, like, when I just, like, wake up and make some eggs and then just, like, go on with it. I mean, there's people that do that all over the world, you know, no matter if they live in, like, you know, a huge house or, I mean, even not. I mean, when I was in India... Um, when I was in Delhi, uh, it's funny, like, I actually, I, so I was in the north, I was in Srinagar, so I was actually, I was in Kashmir, and I met, I met this young Indian dude, um, he was, like, studying fashion, he had, like, this crazy spiky hair and everything, and he described to me that he was trying to meet foreigners, so he was in, like, a hostel, and he, and he, he actually, he described it, he was like, I'd like to meet poor Western foreigners, because he was in a hostel, and I was like, oh, God, and it turns out, after we left, he went up and, like, stayed at the Khyber, which was, like, 4G at night, so we went back and stayed at, like, at his, like, he had a compound in Delhi. So it is interesting thinking that, like, mean, meaning while I'm just bumming it here, you know, in Salt Lake, you know, this guy is back in Delhi just, like, you know, with a Lambo. So I think it's interesting. You know, we, we always have this view that America is in so, many, in so many ways way more developed and all these things. And I think that, yeah, I mean, think, think about something like Coca-Cola. Think about something that, like, it's a very quintessential American thing that kind of defined, you know, the 50s and the 40s, right? And how it's kind of on the dying out now. I mean, there's places, you know, like Nepal and Bangladesh where, like, I mean, Coca-Cola is just, like, taking over. You know, I mean, even throughout, all throughout Mexico. I mean, like, the, like, the highest percentage of the population that globally that drinks Coca-Cola would be in Mexico, like, a liter and a half a day for adults and kids. And I think that it's just kind of interesting seeing those, like, things that once defined American culture get transferred over as globalization and as, capital, you know, and, and, and as capitalism kind of spreads across the world. But I think in terms of, yeah, like the big learning points, um, yeah, it's just cool to see how other people live their lives. And uh, I think like, especially as we enter like the whole Anthropocene here with climate change and everything kind of, it gets grim, it gets heavy. And I think that, you know, it's really powerful to see that like there are many different ways to live your life. And the, you know, and the way in which we've chosen America, um, you know, very well if we continue may may end human existence in terms of on a global scale, in terms of hyper-consumerism and all these things. And I think that, you know, there are many ways to find value. Uh, and, I th and I think especially in terms of things like subsistence farming. I mean, these are really incredible things where people are not really adding to, you know, degradation of the ecosystem and, you know, in terms of greenhouse gases. And I think that there's many ways to live your life. And I think that, uh, yeah, there are definitely some things that we're doing wrong here and other places still have some some hope um yes it was really cool to speak with stefan and hear some of the stories from his travels if you want to hear more stories you can find westminster stories on soundcloud under form media or you can visit us online at wcformedia.com or on facebook instagram and twitter at wcformedia thanks for listening